Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Love Evolved podcast. This is Leanne. I'm a holistic psychologist who specializes in the areas of love, sex, and relationships and work with clients all over the world. So please reach out if you need support. Welcome to episode 18 of the Love Evolved podcast. I cannot wait for you all to listen to this episode. I had so much fun talking to Perry Chase and her husband, Kellen Chase, and they really openly share about their beautiful relationship, the story of how they met, how they handle conflict, keeping each other a priority during parenting, and so much more. Perry Chase is an incredible spiritual teacher for thousands of people, sharing her knowledge and embodied wisdom around working with energetic mastery of the feminine and masculine in business and life. And Kellen is really the support system behind the scenes, holding it all together. And he also is coming in more and more to Perry's community, working with the men there. These two are such a joy to witness. I know many of you are listening to the audio on the podcast. However, I actually highly recommend that you check out the video that we did together because they are just such a joy to watch together. There's so many different times during this episode where I was just smiling watching them and how they look at each other. It's so beautiful. So I really actually suggest that many of you watch the video if you can. Also, just a quick note, I totally confused them at the beginning, which was really my fault when I told them how excited I was to talk about masculine feminine polarity. I should have been more clear when using that phrase. When I use that phrase, I actually am not talking about the popular teachings. I'm talking about the real, um, true spiritual meaning of that phrase, which is really the union of the masculine and the feminine, specifically inner union. And so how that's facilitated in partnership as well through the, what I call the inner and the outer union of the balance of the masculine feminine energies. There's a lot more that I have to say about this. I won't get into it here, but I will probably make a separate episode, just really clarifying um, where I stand there, what my views are and what I mean when I actually talk about the real um, masculine and feminine union and polarity teachings, um, not the way that it's being popularly taught. And so, um, I confused them a little bit at the beginning. Um, and Perry actually speaks really beautifully about this inner union balance when she introduces herself and the work that she does. And this was actually a big reason that I was drawn to her because I could clearly see that she works with both the feminine and masculine in this way. And so I just wanted to clarify that quickly. We talked about so much incredible stuff. Um, I actually have it kind of all outlined in the notes, but just to touch upon some of the real favorite parts that I had, I love how Perry speaks about how to choose partners from a place beyond our trauma and preferences by learning how to open and receive. I love and totally align with how she speaks about the whole purpose of relationships, which is really to illuminate our wounds so that we can actually heal them in the context of relationships and how relationships may or may not last forever, depending on what they're meant to teach us. And 
I also completely relate to how Perry shares that she used to kind of shape shift and try to mold herself into something that um, she thought the other person would want. And when she decided to stop doing that and truly be herself. And yeah, I just loved the, the parenting piece when we got into all of that. And both Kellen and Perry have such beautiful words of wisdom to offer everybody. I can't wait for you to listen to that part. How they handle conflict is so real. And I just loved their openness and honesty around that. And they also just have so many general words of wisdom throughout this whole podcast for men, women, and couples. And so I absolutely loved this episode. It was so fun to record it with them. We just laughed so much together and it felt like I was talking to old friends. And so I just am so thankful for both of them. And I hope that you enjoy this one. Please reach out to Perry, Kellen, or myself with any comments or questions. And I cannot wait for you to listen to this one. So today we'll be talking all about your incredible relationship. I think that both of you are such beautiful models of a relationship that's high level conscious. And I also really love how you do masculine feminine polarity. So we're going to get into that today, but before we get started, just said how we do masculine and feminine polarity. (laughs) I think it's a very, okay. I I feel like, I feel like both of you actually do it in a way that's, um, more true. I would say more authentic than most people, but we'll get into that going forward. It's, it's, we, don't, we don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait. So that's something that I can't wait to touch on. Um, and so, yeah, before we get started, why don't you just both say hi, introduce yourself. Hi, <laughs> I'm Perry Chase. I'm Kellen Chase. Um, for those of you who don't know us, um, you know, we, we are teachers and, um, a lot of what we're mostly focused on is really the, like the embodiment of energetic mastery, right? And so that is like the balance and union of the masculine and feminine energetics. And also from the perspective of like being a, fully embodied yet conscious divine being, right? Bringing universal energy through and like living the highest potentiated version of like what's possible. And um, it's interesting because a lot of times people think that I'm a teacher of the feminine. And I, I said this recently, it's like, I teach a lot of feminine because the feminine is the most deficient energetic, but I mean, you teach it with the men too. Like, how would you describe yeah. like how you working with the men? I mean, I, I love how you describe that. And the the thing that comes up for me is with the men, there's so much about doing and the value of doing that is pervasive in, in culture. And, and so, so much is around, you know, we may say feminine or, you know, the universe or really just what is and being with what is and recognizing that like as a conscious being, we get to look at and experience ourselves, the world, and the patterns that we've kind of learned through culture and that kind of thing. And what do we want to keep? <laughs> what what yeah. is actually useful for us? And what is it that we want to let go of? And so a lot with a, with men, a lot of that comes down to um, 
recognizing that there is some beauty in chaos and there is um, a lot of power with the being with what is rather than the trying to push into something that's uh, really not right for the whole self. So that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. And, and the other thing with men too, which is that um, I feel like we really work to give them is this permission that they don't have to lead with their egos. Like that, that all of this idea that, that they have to do doing equals value, right. It's, it's trying to restore this sense for men that they they have intrinsic value. I mean, women too, it's just a different path for women to feel that than for men to feel that. And so we, we work with, with them separately. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just incredibly, I love how you describe it because some of these concepts can seem very like spiritual or just like very high level, but it's just beautiful work that you're doing. And I, I mean, I feel like your popularity and, and the power of your work is, is such a testament to, to both of you. And so I'm just so happy to have you on. Um, and so I really want to start by having you share the story of how you met and what attracted you to each other. And why did this feel different from anything in the past that you've experienced? Oh, man, who's who's going to tell the story? <laughs> there's like two sides. It's like there's there my there's sides, like yeah. there's like my version of the story and there's his version of the story. Should I take my version of the story first and then you sure. tell it? Right, yeah. We tell both sides. Yes. Okay, yeah. this, this will be very interesting. Yeah. He said, she said. Um, so we met at one taste. So we both come from one taste. And, uh, for those of you who don't know, one taste is the school that teaches orgasmic meditation, which is a 15 minute partnered practice focused on stroking the clitoris. And, um, uh, really that is my lineage, right? Like the, the background of, of a lot of my work and the feminine comes from, from one taste, specifically Nicole Daydon, who's my teacher. Um, and so I was, leading an event called a turn on in San Francisco. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a really fun game night, basically like it's communication games. And we, we have it as a community to like meet new people and for people to kind of come and, you know, they, they usually sign up for classes afterwards and, and whatnot, but I always loved running the game nights and, and I didn't work for the organization. I just, I just, you know, was leading the, the event. And, um, and Kellen was there and he was in the first row. And, and at the time I would say that Kellen had a lot of veneer. Like when I say veneer, like meaning you could not really see him. Yeah. Like he, there was a lot of extra like beefcake kind of, I think he was wearing a pink polo shirt and, you know, I, I, and basically like the whole night I was like, this guy is really weird. What is he doing here? Like, <laughs> Like those were the thoughts that were going through my head. Like, why is he here? And um, <laughs> so anyway, finish up the game night. I mean, I definitely noticed him because he was sitting in the front row. He had this really infectious laugh with the shoulders. He laughs with the shoulders. It's really cute. His dad does it too. And um, and 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 I I noticed him for sure. But I I, I like yeah. So I'm going to let him tell the next part of the story. Well, so I was I was there in a salmon polo. Oh, salmon! Sorry, excuse <laughs> me. I I I I talked to a friend who'd 
you know, about one taste, I'd been looking for, for something and I remembered seeing something about orgasmic meditation. I was like, I'd like to check this out. A friend surprised me and took me to the, to the, the turn on and I'm sitting in the front row from what I remember, <laughs> what we're talking about the veneer piece maybe here. So sitting in the front row, some questions come down the line. I'm shocked at my like inability to touch what I really wanted to say that was in there. So it was like really coming up against that immediately as, as Perry's talking about it. So. And he was sitting in the third seat. So the first two <laughs> seats are plants. Yep. So they're the people who are playing the game too. And so they always say like really wild things to like get things started. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and so like, you know, these two girls are like saying these like really, you know, salacious things. And then he's like, Whoa, like where, <laughs> where you know, like, Oh my God. Did you notice me? Well, yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I remember like um, loving feeling the energy of her like holding the room and that kind of thing and the question came down of like what would you like to do right now or something and it was like <laughs> somebody before him was like I want to you know I, I mean, it wasn't this, but it was like, it was something like, you know, like, I, I, I want to go have sex with two people or something <laughs> and he was like uh, I was like, I'd like to give somebody a back rub or something like that was like literally <laughs> and it, it was it was the like direct experience of like oh i wish that i had the ability to bring out or like touch whatever it is that they're speaking to and at the same time i felt myself yeah. blocked in terms of like oh that's not really proper to say <laughs> so, so that was the vibe and i remember specifically saying i wanted to give somebody a back rub that probably comes back into the story later. So then, so then afterwards, like, you know, we close out and, uh, you know, we close the game and then, you know, people are just mingling around talking and all of a sudden there are these like hands on my shoulders. And I was like, first of all, I'm anyone who knows me that's listening to this. Like, I'm not the kind of person that people walk up to and touch. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't really just give off that vibe. And, and so like when someone comes up and touches me, I assumed that they knew me. Right. So when I turned around and it was him. Wow. I was like, I was like this guy is fucking touching me. Like, for real? like, like, what is this? It's the weird guy from the front row. <laughs> giving me a back row. Oh my god! I hope this can even hear this audio because the smooth move, the smooth move, and I was just like, "Hi!" And then we had this really sweet conversation, and I was like, "Oh, he's really sweet and kind of dorky and like in a good way, like nerdy." Like we had this like, what we were talking about? Like your, I I mean, I just remember really good banter. It was good banter. Specifically, I can't remember, but you know, but Kellen has this like geeky nerdy side, which is very I like it. It's it's very attractive to me. So, but but it was very um, friend zone conversation and then um and then he gave me he was like oh oh actually no this is what happened i had just i had broken up with a fiance like a number of months before and it was like i went through this whole process of like i'm never uh, cuz i i was like a really bad love addict and so i was like i'm never doing that again 
and I was single, like it was, I took like three months, like deep dive. And I was like, just about to, you know, let myself just start dating again. And, um, and, and so (laughs) I remember saying to Kellen, because there's also this, this vibe of like new guys that come, come to, to, to learn orgasmic meditation. And, and I was like, okay, I was like, I'm just going to make it easier for you. I'm going to give you my number. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, I was, I gave him my number and then, um, and then he was like, can I have a hug? And I was like, sure. And I, we had this hug and it was, it was hot. Mm. And I looked at him and I was like, where's that guy? Wow. I felt pretty nailed in terms of. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I got you now. So yeah. So that's how we met. And, um, well, and what's also very interesting is that, so, so he messaged, can I tell this on, on the, on the live, on the podcast? Sure. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just checking in. Um, so then the next day he messaged me and he was like, it's, it was really nice to meet you. I had a really nice time, like all that. And then I said, thank you. And I said, can I have the non gold plated version, please? And he was like, that hug was really hot and my cock got hard. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's the text message that I want. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> And so, um, so, so that was on. And then we went out for a date, which he was an hour late to. Oh no. Well, it was, you know, it was because guys were walking around with cock rings in, uh, in San Francisco, the Folsom, the Folsom street fair. (laughs) I was new to the area. I was driving through, like, I'm almost there. I think when I saw a dude wearing like a uh, choker on, and then the next guy with a cock ring and I'm like, okay. Something's going on here. So, but what's interesting about this is that the fir- the prior version of me would have been like, "You're late for a date, peace." Like, I would never have even given him a second chance. Yeah. And this is something that I want to mention because I see a lot of women do this in the sense that they think that they have standards, right? And like, um, I made fun of a woman on Instagram who was like, "No, you are not going to take me out for coffee." We're not going for coffee. We're going for dinner. We're going for dinner so I can study you and I can see exactly how you hold your utensils. And we're not going to drink because no, I'm not going home with you. And all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, bitch, you're, I guess that's why you're single. Wow. You know what I mean? And there's that way where I definitely had some of that previously, which was like, there was no grace or forgiveness for his lateness. And I would have seen it as like a whatever. But thank God I, was patient and I just waited on the beach and hung out with my dog. And then we went for food at the cliff house. And I think we talked for like four hours. That is incredible. I'm so happy that you mentioned that point because I do see a lot of women nowadays, like they're kind of recovering from maybe having like no boundaries, right. Or like low standards. And then they swing. It's like the, they swing over here a little bit sometimes. It's a natural part of like having like developing boundaries for sure. Yeah. But there is this sort of Don't get stuck there. pushing element, mm. which is like, you're just non-receptive. You're waiting for him to jump through hoops. It's, it's what I would call the golden pussy phase. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So actually, can we just return back to this? Yeah. The story of how you met is so beautiful. I want to just like, what in your bodies and your hearts felt different this time around? 
Well, I think when he, so, so after we had lunch, we walked and he kissed me and it was hot, very hot. I mean, physically we, we, it's, we'll talk about this in a second, but, but, but what was very interesting was in that moment that we were kissing, I disappeared for a second because I still had an ex that I was, you know, like I, I, I thought about my ex for just a moment because I hadn't really been with anybody since we broke up. And in that moment, he was like, where did you go? And I was like, nailed. Right. So we both had these experiences of being nailed by each other in the sense that like, there was no hiding. There was no way that any of these mechanisms of not being fully present were going to work. Yeah. And we both experienced that really early on. Mm-hmm. But I will say something about this whole physical thing. I am not his type at mm. all. Wow. Like he dated like small, what I would call spinners. He was a cheerleader at U of A, right? Little girls that he could put up on his hands in the air, right? <laughs> not like big curvy women. And so there was definitely like I think did you, you, I, I was going to speak to that next. Yeah, yeah. That, like it was for for me there was the the like feeling the energy of Perry was like that was like oh wow I'm really drawn to Perry but she's not like physically what I'd expect from like my own desire kind of thing so it was like really getting to look at and and feel like, okay, what is like, what does it feel right? And the answer was yes. But like, it was a mind didn't really match my previous expectations or ideas of like all, all kinds of stuff. So there was a lot for me in terms of learning about like, Oh, can, can I follow what my body and my, you know, my system is responding to, without the overlay of what I think things should be. Right. And that was a big piece. Right. So it's like your, what you thought in your mind with your intellect, it didn't match what your body was being pulled to or your spirit or your heart was being pulled to it. No, forget about the heart. We're talking like actual (laughs) physical, like, like, cause I think this is what people notice. Like when you say you love the polarity, this is physical. Mm, yeah, we we have a a naturally physical polarity. And what people that are teaching polarity are trying to do is they're trying to create the affectation, the effect of what natural polarity looks like. Right. Right. And, And it's like, well, the only way to really do that is to choose a partner that you have natural polarity with. Yeah. Not like try to create polarity in a relationship that doesn't have the physical underlying hot chemistry. Right. And so, and then there's a, but, but on the other side of that is that, um, love addiction can look like hot chemistry. Like a lot of people choose these, like, I'll tell you with us, we have this, um, I would say like my, my system naturally just relaxes right with him. Right. Like I feel safe, like my whole body just relaxes into him, which is what that polarity is. What I'm not talking about is um, fireworks all the time, but that is what people think is chemistry. Yeah. And it's, it's actually usually a response to their own trauma. Yeah. 
that they are liking the way something feels because it feels like something familiar, which is their trauma. And choosing a partner based on your trauma, not going to go so well. Exactly. What's interesting is that for a while, so Kellen has an unbelievable ability to feel. And I think this is a place that most women just feel so unmet because and, and, and even, you know, when I talk to men in the world, like the thing that frustrates me with my interactions with the masculine is like when it's very heady and like when a man can't feel yeah. the, the nuances and subtleties. And Kellen has always been able to do that, which is a real rare fucking gift and why men should work with him. Um, because it's, it's developing that where, like he can read my body. He can play my body like an instrument. You know what I mean? It's just like there, there is, there is not a lot of words needed between us in those places. And it's like you, you like that kind of subtle feeling is masterful, but it's like, um, we, <laughs> what's, what's interesting though, is that the way that our relationship is, is that on the surface, um, you know, we vibe very well, like together as friends and partners, like all the time. And then I would say that like the heat of our relationship is under the surface, right? Yeah. So it's like, it, it actually makes for a great marriage because you, you really don't want a lot of volatility at the surface. If you're going to be like part life partners, business partners, parents, like all of this you don't really want volatility on the surface, but you want to be able to access it underneath. And right. like, that's the, like, like drop down and then it's, it's just on. Right. Yeah. And so that's sort of like the, I would say like the dynamic of our, of, I mean, would, would you describe that? Yeah. I'm just, I'm thinking in terms of like, what does it look like early? Right. In a, in a relationship. And there's, there's the place of the, the intimacy and, and that kind of thing. And really being able to dive deep into that. Airline chicken. <laughs> I, I figured that was a story coming up, but. Um, Should we tell that part? Sure. I want to hear all of it. So, so we, we dated and I actually took it like much slower with him than I, you know, I had, I had always kind of habitually been that like very quickly kind of get into relationship. And I like was like, uh, I'm not doing that again. So I'm going to take it real slow and dial it back and whatnot. Um, but don't forget, like, you know, I'm living in a community of people and like all my friends, like sex was a big central theme of our life focus, right. Of, of mine anyway, like, you know, like before I met him. And so, um, it, it, it's important and definitely a key aspect for me, right? Like there's no getting around that. And um, we were on a date. I had uh, feral, feral boar, boar. And I had airline chicken. <laughs> and we sat there and we talked for hours again. And like we could just talk for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, which is wonderful. Yeah. But I – and he was wearing a Mr. Rogers. I was going to say I was wearing a Mr. Rogers, <laughs> he was wearing a Mr. Rogers sweater, I, 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 and uh, and I, <laughs> I I was just like you know him. I'm like God he's such a nice guy <laughs> you know like I kind of like had this had this feeling like on this date I'm like I might have to friend zone this guy and I swear to God he might have heard that 
in his head <laughs> because we walked outside and he like grabbed the back of my hair and he pushed oh, me against the wall and started making out with me. And I was like, I was like, thank God. Oh my God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> and I was like, I just, you know, like, cause I, I, I want, I see so many women want to know that men are safe. I'm like, I want to feel your fucking beast. I want to see, I want to feel that hunger. Cause if I don't feel that hunger, like I'm not interested. Yeah. Many women would agree with that. I, I think women are scared of the fact that they want that. Mm-hmm. So they, they call it out in other ways that's not clean, but yeah. like, you know, you want a man's beast. Like you yeah. want the hunger. You want to feel him like really want you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I needed that to proceed to the next level of the relationship. Helen, <laughs> how did you know? Like, what was going through your mind in that moment? Yeah, because you know, you know how many women would have been like, "You assaulted me," um, and, uh, <laughs> right? Um, it wasn't quite in words like uh, I might want to friend zone this guy or something. Oh no, there were no I words. Could, I could feel the. Meaning, it, it, like oh. what showed up in my head was not words, but it was like, oh no, I could, I could feel, <laughs> like it, it to me, it wasn't subtle that she wanted that, and apparently, uh, I-, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were no words for that either, right? I was just waiting. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's see what this guy does here. What I love the most about both of you is that like from the very beginning, you were able to just sense this without talking well, about it with communication with words. I mean, there, there were. <sighs> well, so Kellen has some special skills, I, I'll be honest. And but but me like, I mean, I it took me it took me time. <sighs> well, I don't I don't know. I I think there it took me time to develop that awareness. That awareness I developed at one taste. Hmm. Right? The awareness to go beyond the choosing from your trauma preferences, right? Like of choosing choosing your karma. Hmm. <laughs> I should, should so to speak. Um it took me time to develop that awareness. But I also think that it was also the softening of practicing, right? Like of, of, of having a practice of reception and opening that made it even possible for us to connect. Yeah. And, and there were, there were things. What's funny. I, I remember when you bought us the toothbrush, I had like a little bit of like, Oh, <laughs> uh, just inclusive. Well, because I brought my own toothbrush. Oh, we I, bought a toothbrush with two, two with yeah. the Sonic. Okay, and you were like, because well, like, I was there all the time. I know, and I was like, and, and it was, you know, I look back, and it was, it was beautiful, it was great, but I remember like a certain amount of, um, like a, a, a tightening around, and it just because of relationship stuff or whatever. Like, is, is you it mean because like we is, were you know. we were dating and he hadn't quite broken up with his seven year girlfriend yet? Okay, it wasn't at that time though. The, the toothbrush? No, that was after. But but I think mm-hmm. airline chicken dinner was you were still kind of together with her. 
it was like you hadn't really officially that's yeah that's true and then i was like what i was like you need to fucking tell this woman like this is terrible you can't not tell her yeah yeah i i had a lot i had a lot with that in terms of i mean it was dying on the vine anyway right but it's not i mean it's not it wasn't a surprise i don't think but I, I don't know if I want to get into all okay, of that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, I, I was hanging on to something that was obviously not, like, I, I was the only one on that side. It's is what really, and it's a shame. Like, I, I had. No, it's not. No, no, meaning <laughs> it, was a, it was a shame for how much, for how much I was holding on oh, to yeah, in yeah, terms yeah, yeah, yeah. of. Um, I'm like, I'm, I'm a winner here. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Her loss is my game. <laughs> can we actually, can we just go back to the masculine feminine polarity stuff for a second? Cause I want to like take a little bit of a deep dive. Yeah. Um, and so you made such a good point of how people are getting these unconscious trauma bonds mixed up with polarity or I, they're just, there's just so much confusion. And I think that. Okay. Like, let, let me, let me reframe this whole thing for you. Okay. Like, because I, I, I want, I want to give this to people. People so desperately want a partner and they want that relationship to look a certain way. Okay. But the reason that we come into relationships in this life as humans, like the whole purpose of being human is to feel contrast and friction and to experience relationship because we don't need the oneness like the one like the, the oneness is what we return to and what we come from but we're here for duality. <laughs> we're here for contrast. We're here to experience relationship. And really what we're experiencing is a mirror of ourselves and what's inside of us in relationship. He is a perfect mirror for me. Like when <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm like, you're in a bad mood. And I'm like, oh, I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> like, like you feel really tight. And it's like, oh, no, I feel really tight. Like, you know, it's like the, the, the relationship is is meant to mirror. It's meant to help us heal our wounds. And the thing is that most people are manifesting relationships that are not meant to last. That's true. They're meant mm. to heal certain things. Yeah. But what I see is that um, – because people have such goals around relationships mm. that they want it to last, they want it to work, and they want it to become something, um, then what happens is that, that people do all this weird shit that's not normal, that's not natural, that is, that is like uh, in order to try to create something that really ultimately creates an addiction in my experience, mm. okay? Like – if you're not being yourself, okay, and you're acting a certain way to create an effect in your man, and you're doing this over and over and over again, what you're doing is training him towards your affected behavior, okay? And that may create a very hot, sexy, volcanic result, but it's not, it's not um, true, Right. And it's not and sustainable over the long term. It's not term. sustainable. It's not true. And you're both manipulating each other in order to get off. Right. right. So to me, that's in the, the land of kink. Okay. Meaning right. like you can do it. 
You want to have a good time. I mean, like there are people that live in full-time BDSM, dom-sub dynamics. If that's what you enjoy, do it. Like if that's what, you know, but, but let's not confuse that with just like naturally occurring polarity, which is what it's always trying to mimic. It's a mimicry. Right. Right. As opposed to really getting to know like who, like, and actually, you know, what's interesting is that Kellen is the first person that I was like, these are all basically the reasons why you shouldn't be with me. Cause these are the things that are not changing. And you either get on board and you choose it or don't. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and whereas in the past I was so desperate for a relationship to work that I was willing to become anything that like these men wanted me to be, I learned, you know, like, what did they like? You know, like I became like little, like chameleon, you know, in the relationship. And I, I could just be that perfect girlfriend until like, I couldn't do it anymore. And then the relationship started to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have the garbage truck is here. So I'm like, oh. trying to be nice. <laughs> um, I did that too, Perry. I totally was like shape shifting into like whatever I like thought he wanted, which is like, you don't, it's may or may not be what he really wants anyway. And like all this stuff. And so I like, I think you kind of have to, a lot of women have to learn like through the fire. Wow. That didn't work. And I totally abandoned myself. I know I had to. And then to get to where you were of like, this is who I am, like take it or leave it. Right. But so many women are so afraid to do that. Um, yeah. And (laughs) that's, that's, but, but that is, that is how, I mean, you you have to realize that, that, that also leads to this whole problem with the way we do feminism and, you know, this, this constant story of like centering the man. And it's not that I don't center his, like his existence and and his happiness and all of that, like all of his well being is really central to my attention. Right. And my well being, but we're not responsible for each other's well being. We are responsible for our own well being. We're responsible for communicating that to one another. And we come together and we're an incredible, I mean, one plus one equals a thousand together, like the way we. And what I'll say as well on this, as well as all of this is that it is a constant practice yeah. because like, it, it, it's not like we, sh- we just showed up together and that, you know, all of these pieces were in place. We're still, you know, this, and I, I actually feel very good about my <laughs> lack of taking responsibility for her experience at this point. It's, it's now like, Okay. And because that was, that was one of my big things. And I would say, stop it. Exactly. See, but you want a partner, right? You, you want a partner, like the places where I saw he would abandon himself because my desire is so strong. And I would say, don't do that. Right. I got my own desire. Like you, you don't, you don't have to abandon yourself. Like we can find the place where my desire and your desire fit and work. I don't want a man who abandoned himself for me. Yeah. And isn't, isn't that, sorry, isn't that confusing though for some men? Because so like, this is like an advanced level that you guys are at, right? Because like, I mean, some men and I don't like that either. And I can feel that as a woman, even though I have strong preferences, it's like you also simultaneously don't want him to abandon himself. And so this is 
the rescuer thing that, that, that gets activated in men, right? Which is that like the value they've been taught. My value is doing X, Y, and Z. So they want so much to make you happy and do X, Y, and Z and all of that stuff. And it's like, the thing I've told him recently, I was like, all I want is for you to be happy. I'm happy if you're happy. We have so much support around us. Like, you know, we, we like, I'm like, just do what makes you happy. You can do whatever you want. We created a life where you can literally do whatever you want. But, but finding that center where, you know, for me has been one of the big pieces of not taking on when she's in a bad mood as, as me. Right. But that, that's my own stuff. That's my, we, we have a hard time uh, with that. Codependent stuff that is I would say there's there's codependence, but like, there's also the fact that like, we just have huge energetic fields. And when one of us walks into, like, I mean, (laughs) we have, we have enormous limbic systems. Okay. If I walk into a room and there are 50 people in that room and I'm in a bad mood, they will all be in a bad mood within 10 minutes. Right. And so the thing that, you know, we have to be very careful of as people, because we, we have that much of a, like, energetic, um, influence is like, you know, like if he, if he wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and he's just like huffing around the house. I'm like, that has impact. Like we can feel you. You are not alone in your bad mood. We all know that you are grumpy today. And, and, and there is this desire to say like, can you please work that out? Like, right. <laughs> right. I can feel it. Yeah. And so, so this is so beautiful. Callan, I think the men would like, what are your tips for the men to, to not do this? Like if she's in a, a place and you don't want to like try to rescue or what are your tips for the men? <laughs> uh, I, I always refer back to, uh, it's not about the nail. Um, <laughs> do you know that video there's where a, there's she a has video a video or a reel that you'll have to look up? No, and it's, it's called It's Not About the Nail. She's got a nail in her head. And he's, and, like, and he's like, oh, oh like, my gosh, like, yes. Okay. Sweaters. I've got this headache. And he's just staring at the nail. <laughs> trying. Like, he's like, I think if, if we just if we stop. stop trying to fix it, you know. And and it, it's that, that joke of like, we want to do something to make it all better. And there's there's more value in being present and being with and also recognizing that being centered in ourselves and being present and having attention for is sometimes more valuable than doing anything different than trying to change the state. Does yeah. That yeah. Beautiful. In terms of, um, and for me, that's, that's been a big practice because like I would, I would say a good book that I read was no more Mr. Nice guy or something, which is all about all of the different ways that a guy will go about making a, an unconscious unspoken contract about like, okay, well, I'm going to abandon myself here and do all of these things for you. But like, you I, also you're going to give me, make this. me feel better right. or, or do I, this in the other way. I don't do unspoken yeah. contracts. Well, and so like, you'd be very disappointed if you have an unspoken contract with me because I will never uphold my end of whatever <laughs> assumption that you think that I will do. Right. I'm, 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 I'm a good yeah. practice partner for that. And, and, and friendships say, as well. It's, it's an unconscious thing for most people who engage in it anyway. Totally. Right? They're, they're but, setting up themselves for an expectation. They don't even realize they have. And then I'm like disappointed by it later. And that's where so much stuff comes up. So. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You had that expectation. <laughs> <laughs> that is just really, that's really unfortunate that you had that expectation of me. Um, but it's, um, the other thing that I do want to say though. Okay. So is 
And and I actually there there is if you want to be with a woman like me or the women that work with me, there is a real ego death process that happens. Okay. And there was like this whole period. Okay. And I, and I've taken a lot of women through this with their men because ultimately the world teaches, right. That, that the man, the man leads like that, the masculine leads, but really what it is, is it's not the man, it's the ego and the ego leading a relationship is leading it to nowhere. It's leading it to a dead end of dry pussy. Okay. Like let, let's just be honest of what yeah. that is. And, and really the ego is only going to lead you on a never ending journey of dissatisfaction. So the ego should be leading no one's relationship and no one's ego, man or woman should be ever leading a relationship. This is the kind of leadership that is kind of taught in like, you know, like the man leads, like let his leadership, let him give his gift. And it's like, no, 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 they're all doing it wrong. Okay. There, there's the, uh, when I watch these guys teach this stuff, I'm like, no, you just want basically someone to follow you, your, your own egoic desires without any questioning. And for her to be like some little goat in the background being like, bah, bah, sure, take me where we're going. <laughs> okay. And, and there's nothing sexy or hot about that at all. No. Okay? So the, the thing is that what happens is now, if remember the question of like, why are you actually with me? Yeah. What's the answer? <laughs> Feels like flying. Feels like flying. <laughs> mm, yeah. So there's this way where when you really start to get the polarity right, okay, a woman wants to be held by a man, but a man wants to feel alive by the electric that is in a woman's body. And I'm really sorry for the, you know, non, like, like I'm, I'm really speaking in a very heteronormative way here. So like, like I, I'm just going to say like, like the woman's body holds the, the juice, you know, and, and, and really it's, it's the, it's getting the orientation to the place where it's not the man, uh, being a flower farmer where he's literally picking all the flowers and they die and then growing more. And, you know, that that's like the model of the guy who always needs another woman. He like drains her dry and then he's done with her and he moves on to the next and all of that. Whereas when you have a man who knows how to be a gardener, he is in service to the opening of the woman and in service to the opening of the woman feeds everybody. When you have a woman who's dead inside, who has no juice and no energy, no one in the relationship or family benefits. The woman has to be on. Yeah. If the woman is not on, everybody shrivels. Right, right. Right? So when I'm on, he benefits because he gets to be fed by that. And then, you know, the other thing I always say to women is it's your responsibility to feed your man. Like the idea that you think it's not your responsibility to feed your man is ridiculous. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, so I think all of what you're saying is like such it's, I'm so happy we're talking about all of this because it really, all of this stuff of like, okay, we're the way that I work is like, we're actually, there's a new paradigm, a new thing we can step into, which you guys are models of. So I'm so happy that you're here. And it's not about going back to these traditional roles of like, you know, how in the polarity it's like, okay, we need to go back. We need to go back. No, but, no. So I think it's not about going back. For me, there's like a truth to polarity, like beyond what's being taught. It's not what's being taught in popular culture. It's like, if we can all just peel back the layers, which happens in conscious relationship, the ego death time and time again, to get back to the true essence of who you are authentically. And then like what you did, Perry, of like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. Right. And then the problem is, is that the conversation is still centered around polarity and, and that's where it needs to stop being centered because it becomes this thing about like, well, what is polarity and what is real polarity? It's like, who cares? The only reason I care about it is because the path, like the true spiritual path of divine union is the, is the masculine, and the feminine combined, right? The path. Yeah, but the thing is like, so for instance, Kellen and I, one of the reasons our marriage works as well as it does, we actually have an incredible amount of union individually. I have like, even in my stars, I have like perfect hero scamos in my system. I have a very, I'm very like 50, 50. And so is he. Right. And so like, there's a way where when we are just ourselves, we fit. The problem the inner union piece that it like for me is the most important thing. Is totally. Cause I'm the same way. I'm like very much 50, 50. That's the inner union of the masculine feminine within. That's why I was initially drawn to you as a teacher, because I'm like, I see it in you. And this is the highest, most exalted for like, you're almost you need like, to say highest or most exalted. Okay. Cause really the highest and most exalted is whatever someone's meant to carry in this lifetime. That's true. Right? So like, it may be that you have people who are much less, uh, equal internally. Okay. And, and they have their own path. And like, I don't want to, I don't want right. to create like a hierarchical level, but what I want to say is that the, the reason that we're able to like be together the way that we are and like what people love when they see us, right. The feel what they feel like, and the love that they feel between us is because we've both done so much work to be ourselves. Yeah. 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 And that's a thank you for giving where I was like trying to kind of bring us to that point. And like you, the thing about having children and how also they're, and we don't have to talk about polarity the whole time, but that's the one thing of like, they want the polarity switch turned on 24 seven. Whereas like, you know, you have the energetic agility to know, okay, it's under there. We can turn it on when we want to, when it's appropriate, but then we also can go through our lives, be business partners, be friends and know how to have all these different modes in the relationship, which I love too. I think an important piece that kind of feels relevant here is there are phases and times to relationships as well. And so like Perry was talking about the flower farmer and like, you know, once, once one is suck to dry, you move on to the next, et cetera. Like, I think a lot of people fall into this trap of thinking that the initial feelings that they're, that they feel for someone are going to stay at the same intensity and the same, whatever, 
all through the relationship. Otherwise, if there's any kind of change in that, oh, it, it's done. I, I'm not getting the same hit. And that comes also to the same thing that you were talking about in terms of maybe maybe being attracted to certain trauma in the polarity or, or whatnot. It's like the same things that drive you crazy about a person in the beginning are the same things that are going to drive you crazy about a person later on. And those are the things where you've got your own wounds and they've got, they fit perfectly with that. So it shows you what needs to be healed and like being and recognizing where you have those things that get activated and come up is where you can build a deeper, more foundational relationship for the long term and recognizing that you can be with the changes that occur in yourselves and between the two of you is such an important piece to actually really feel into the subtleties of like that long-term piece that holds rather than just the initial piece. I want to mention like, you know, how we decided to like to have the setup that we have around our business too, because, you know, we had a conversation when I met Kellen, he was a, he was a contact lens designer working for a big corporation. And I was um, a failing entrepreneur, uh, tech entrepreneur at the time. I was, I was, my company was dying and um, wasn't going to work. And um, Kellen kept talking about like that he wanted this passive income business. And I had already like, I mean, I had a career on Wall Street. Like, I mean, like I had had a bunch of different things that I had done, but um, I was in this transition when we met. And, um, and he was always talking about like, uh, you know, online business pass. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you like? Why do you want that? And then I like looked at him one day and I was like, oh, I was like, you don't want to work. And he was like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, I was like, well, that could look a different way, you know? Mm, yeah. And I, <laughs> I said, that could look like me working and you daddying. Cause like, he was really like, what he was really trying to say is like, I want to be a dad and I want to do dad stuff. And I want to spend time with my kid. And we, we also like, I mean, I think we have a different relationship with work. Like for me, a lot of what I consider work is actually just me moving energy, right? Which I need to do. Like I can't not move energy. It's, it, it's too heavy for me to sit and do nothing. Like I, if I take a week off and I just sat in front of the, on the couch on front of Netflix, I would feel like uh, it, it would, it would feel like there was an elephant sitting on top of me, yeah, me too. and and I would be like rotting fruit. And, and, and so I, I, I really need to have a place to create and like put energy and like this stuff just comes out of me. It's just like constant. Right. And, and really the other thing too, that we had this conversation is that my, making money for me is really easy. Like it's not hard. Like it's, it's something that's just like, you know, it's kind of like just opening your legs and like, like there's just money coming in, right? <laughs> just like, oh yeah, money. And I have a really good relationship with money and things like that. And so the way that we set up our whole life was that, I mean, we most definitely built this business that we have together. Like, even though I'm sort of the face of it, even though he, I'm trying to make him more of the face of it now, he, he resists sometimes, but you know, he's in there, he's teaching now, right? But but there is this whole way where um, just because I'm out front doesn't mean that I could have done this without him. There yeah. is so much holding and support energetically in the back that that 
you know, and our whole design of our life and what we want and how we want to live and like, you know, what we want for our child. And, you know, we, we're incredible creators together. Like when we want something, we're so clear and we're just like, whoosh, and we're both very decisive. Like there's just, you know, just, we, we know how to move quickly together. Yeah. I mean, I really don't, just me being in your field for the past year or so, seeing the business that you've created, I don't know if it would have been possible. Like no. the, the dynamic that you just so beautifully described about, like, you're like, you're doing your thing. You're allowing it to move. I'm the flower. And he's, he's the, the structure, the support holding. Yeah. Do you think that it could be, I mean, yeah, I don't think it could be what it is unless it was, you guys had that dynamic. Right. And so like, do no. you. It's important. I mean, it's important because it's really like I'm a holder, right? I'm I'm a, I'm a pot and a flower, but like he's the garden, right? Like like he, like like you just. It's like I hold all these people, and if you've been in my space, you know that I'm holding all the time. So he's holding all the time. Like it's a double layered thing. Right. And we know this because there are times when, like, if I've gotten sick or I've really gotten taken out it like his back will go out mm. <laughs> literally. It's almost like, cause like, if you can think about it, if we're like a bridge, like he's, he's like one layer of it on the other layer of it. And then we're holding all this stuff. And like, when I like, I had <laughs> the whole thing lands on him. Yeah. It's like, so you can, you know, that, that we're together, we are holding it all. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And so what would you say to people that, I mean, this is a silly question, but what I'm sure you get, do people make comments? Do they criticize how you're doing things? Like, do they have opinions about it? I mean, other than the fact that people are always going to tell me that I'm running a cult, um, which is just sort of like par for the course. I'm always like, uh, have you seen that thing called culture and society and the matrix? Like it's called the biggest cult there is, but um, you know, I, I like, I, whatever. I, I just, I've, I've kind of alchemized that. Yeah. That's like, that's the criticism, but mostly I feel like the criticism of that is like out of total desire. Like, you know, there's this way where, um, my biggest critics are people who really know that I have the thing and they want something from me, mm. but they either don't like me or they don't like the way that I require people to show up for it. Right. They, they kind of want to take it how they want to take it. And then they don't like me and then they just criticize me and it's fine. It's what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. He gets kind of sad about it. He never, he doesn't understand how I deal with it, but. And, and I, I don't know anybody who criticizes specifically our relationship. No one criticizes our relationship. They all love Kellen. Kellen's the good guy. I'm the bad guy. Yeah. I'm the evil queen. Kellen must be like my prisoner in my castle or something. <laughs> That's just so awful. Like, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think so if you wouldn't mind sort of, um, because we mentioned earlier, like people's teaching some of this stuff, they don't have children. What, can we transition into parenthood and having an incredible relationship? And totally. Yeah. I and mean, how does that work for you guys? <clears throat> Well, I think, look, I think parenting is the hardest thing that any person ever does, right? And, um, you know, I think that we need to be honest with ourselves about what we can do and, like, who we are. And, you know, for instance, like, I am, 
I, I actually judge myself a lot around my mothering because I have a lot of help and, you know, like Scarlett has a private teacher and like, you know, Kellen, Kellen really was with her a lot as a baby and stuff. Like when I was working now, I still breastfed her for two, two years and 10 months. And it's not like I've not been present. Like she still sleeps with us. She's nearly five years old and she sleeps with us. And, you know, we're with her all the time because we're home. So it's not like I'm not here, but there's a way where like, I'm not so good at like sitting down and playing Barbies and pretending or like, you know, like that kind of stuff, just like my brain just sort of fries, but I'm good at like, you know, now that she's going to dance class and gymnastics and ice skating. And I, you know, really great at creating experiences for her. And like, you know, it's embracing for me, like what, what, what can I offer her that's natural for me? Yeah. Right. As opposed to try again, this is the same thing in the relationship with like a romantic relationship. I can't be the mom that I'm not. Right. But how can I just show her that I love her and give her attention and like shine that light on her and like, you know, give, give her my, my attention when I can. And the most important thing is like, I always want her to be able to talk to me. Right. So we have, we have deep discussions, even though she's only four and a half, right? Like I teach her things and, and whatnot, but I've also, you know, one of the ways that I love her is to make sure that she has incredible people around her. Right. So like, you know, we have like a stellar teacher that teaches her one-to-one and like most people, you know, sure. Is that, is that a privilege that we can do that a hundred percent? Would I not do it? <laughs> no, I mean, like, this, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give my kid every single advantage, and we plan that I possibly this. can. Like we we talked earlier a little bit about how we set up our life and what white life and what we chose, and it was that we could be with our child and give her as many opportunities as we can. He napped with her every single day of her life until she stopped napping. Oh. Like, how many fathers have done that? Yeah, yeah. So Perry, what you speak to is actually the mom guilt piece that I can totally relate to as a mom too, because I'm very, I'm not like the feminine, I'm going to bake cookies and like all the things like, and I had a lot of judgment towards myself about that, but I mean, we're, your child is your child for a reason. My son is my son for a reason. It's more that you can just be, Hey, this is like who I am authentically. That's the perfect fit. Right. But it's like that mom stuff. It's so heavy. It does not make that go away. I mean, I literally, I would say that it's the only thing that tortures me. It's Mm -hmm. because, because I feel such a responsibility and it's like, I'm always like, Oh my God, am I feeding her right? Or like, Oh my God, what is this? What is this choice that I'm making? How is that going to how is that going to ripple out into her future? And like all of these things, you know, like it is, I would say that of all, like nothing tortures me except that just because yeah. I love her so much. It's something that is just like the relationship between mother and child is like nothing else. Right. And so I'm the same way with you. It's like, I have like real, like I have real feelings about some of this stuff too. And we, and, and the thing is, <laughs> cause it's real, like, our, our impact on the lives of our children is so profoundly enormous yeah. from the beliefs they carry about themselves to the inner voice in their head, to their nervous system. I mean, it is prof- it is a profound responsibility to be a parent. 
A hundred percent. Yep. And especially for those of us that had traumatic childhoods, it's like an extra sort of weight on us. Like, oh, like we need to do it better or perfect sometimes. Sometimes I get in my head about it being perfect. Um, well, just on that, I'll tell you. So it's, it's really interesting because I, you know, I was adopted. And so like, I, I used to have this like real, like uh loss sort of like when, when things would get lost. And um I see this in my daughter and I, and I know that some of these like little things can actually be passed down, like meaning it's not her trauma, but she has the feeling of it. Yesterday she left a little like rag <laughs> like a, like a, like a sweat rag at gymnastics. And she was just like distraught with grief. And she was like, Oh my God, am I never going to see it again? And I was just like, Oh shit. I was like, I know that spot. And like, you know, and I was like, Oh, that's not even her. Like that's, I feel like she inherited that, you know, that's have you seen that? Yeah. She did it with, um, one of her little stuffed toys that she left here while we were still living at the other. And like, I, you know, I was driving and I was like, like, I, I had never seen her that like distraught. And I was like, whoa. I mean, and I swear that's like a spot in my nervous system that she inherited. Yeah, probably. But you know what? I, I just want to like give you guys something like so beautiful that I can reflect back is that like your relationship is the greatest gift that you could give to her. It really is because those imprinting from childhood of like what, you know, what a relationship should be specifically romantic ones. She is going to be so well-equipped when she gets out there. I mean, not that she doesn't have her own journey. I do want to say to everybody though, we know how to throw it down. I mean, let's not say like Kellen and I are not like perfect people. We're yellers. Like we will fucking go like, like head to head, like we'll have it out and then it's done. You know, we don't, we don't leave stuff, but I, I never like people to think like, we're so perfect. Like we're not, we fucking yell. Like we like throw it down. Let's talk about about conflict a little bit. And, you know, with conscious relationships, high level relationships, like, especially when you're using this to heal all your wounds, it looks really messy. People think it's like really perfect. It's not. These kind of relationships can be bumpy, right? That's where the growth happens. So yeah. Use other people's darkness against them in the relationship. The minute that you start using your partner's humanity or like imperfections against them, it's over. Yeah. Just, you actually, it's, that's just like a no foul. Like it's, a no, it's like a foul zone. You can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about conflict and how you got, what, what works for you? What maybe are edges for you still that you're working on? Yeah. I, I think one of the like most important pieces for me that I consistently see is um, our own hmm, taking responsibility for our side of whatever, whatever it is like that, that to me is one of the pieces that really makes all the shit. Okay. When it, when it comes up, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's something I, I really appreciate like deeply about how much awareness and work Perry has and constantly does. And it, it's a place where I constantly have to work as well. But like that, that the, the, Owning our own responsibility for the conflicts that come up. Um, we we have conflicts about like, why is that shit <laughs> on the counter? Like <laughs> we have conflicts about, we don't have conflicts about big things. We have conflicts yeah. about little things. And um, 
in, I mean, we're really lucky in that sense that, that the conflicts are, uh, usually like actually lie in miscommunication. Like when something isn't said, right. If something goes unsaid for a while, it, it, you know, then, then it, it gets crusty and then it needs, then it, it just sort of explodes a little bit. But in general, we really try to move from a not having anything unsaid between us. Yeah. And we don't do passive. Well, I, I, I don't say, do passive uh, aggressiveness. So, so my, my thing would be holding and not saying the thing then. Right. And, and holding on to that for a while. But and sometimes that, he, but sometimes it takes you longer to process it. Totally. Right. So like yesterday he shared something with me. I'm not going to get into it. doesn't matter what the story of it was, but it was like days old. Like it was maybe like a week old. And it was, it was like, what I realized when he was sharing it with me, with me was that he, he didn't even have the words fully for like where he got hit in. Like it had something to do with something that I wrote and, and something that happened between us and, you know, something that I, I shared and about men in general and my background and all of this stuff. And it, and it hit him in some place, but he didn't know fully until it did. Yeah. And then you didn't really have the words even yesterday. Yeah. And I'll say actually, this is something that I see between a lot of uh, couples is like processing time can be different. I, I think Barry experiences and understands her emotions really, really quickly. Right. I take a while. <laughs> like I, I take a long time to process and I've seen it flipped with, with other couples that we work with and that kind of thing. But it's, there can be, uh, there can be conflict there if that's not like understood, like, why can't you just say the thing? Why can't yeah. you know? And it's like, well, I, I actually don't know what the thing is yet. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, yeah. that's a piece. But you've, but the fact that you can now say something like something bothered me about that. Right. And then for that, not to activate an abandonment wound in me. Right. Cause mm -hmm. that, that's the other thing too, is that um, what I see happen in a lot of relationships is that conflict really happens when both people are triggered. Mm -hmm. Right. So one person goes unconscious and then the other person goes on their ride and goes unconscious too. And then, then you're on the roller coaster. And so the deal is when one of us is unconscious, the other has to be holding. Mm. You don't, you can't have both going unconscious. Right. Harder for him when I, cause it's very rare that I am like deeply unsober, but I will tell you that when we moved into this house, so that I'll give you an example of like a place where conflict, like when we moved the, the night, the night we moved in. So, so all, all day, like, you know, work, it was like 110 degrees, getting all the stuff in the house, everything's ready. Like, um, there was a whole bunch of furniture that didn't come and, uh, the, like the bed frame didn't come, but we had the bed and all this stuff. And by the end of the night, all I wanted to do was take my bath and I take a bath every night. It's like what I do for my nervous system before I go to bed. And I run the bath and the water was not hot. There was no hot water. And I literally had a meltdown. Like it, it, it was like I had been holding and 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 holding. And then I needed to do something for myself and it wasn't available and I fucking lost it. Now, when I lose it like that, 
And it, it's like, it, it almost is like a childish panic, right? Because you, I just went out of range. Like, it's like you just pop out of your ability to hold and then you're just like, Wah! and he doesn't do well when I'm like that. Because mostly I'm held 99.99999% of the, the time I'm self-held. But then like he reacted in a way that was like, um, like, no, like, I won't help you. Mm. It was, it was just like, you fucking, you crazy. You deal with that on your own. And, and then, then that makes me more insane. Right. And so then we're in the cycle of like me being insane and him being like, no, and then me being more insane. And then just like having like a full meltdown and being like, you just need to help me. And, Uh, and I have a blame thing. Right. So like the, 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 the no is coming from like, like, oh, it, it's now my fault. <laughs> and it wasn't and his that's fault. All, it that's was just where, like, I just I need go. your help, and right? And so, so, so we're both in our thing. And when we're both unconscious, it's, it's not, it's not okay. Like it's, it's just, you know, two, two big lions, like just going at it. Right. And just whatever that is there very, were, yeah. there very, were also other pieces. Cause we were, I was reading Scarlett, her story. Oh yeah. And, and then Scarlett, you know, she's like, so Oh my the God. Whole dynamic, but yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Well, it sounds like that's rare though. Very, very, <laughs> very rare, very rare. But, but there are other times where like, you know, there were other times where I could, where, where he'll go unconscious about something and I could easily like fight with him in that place when I'm just like, oh, I'm like, oh, he's not okay in there. Like, and I can, like his face will change. Right. And, you know, and, and then it's like, oh, okay. And then I go from really being wife to hold her in that moment so that he can have his experience without it being like the relationship dynamic. Yeah. And then you learn how to serve your partner in that way where you can do that for each other. Yeah. And, and so that's getting back to the, like the, the place of being centered or, or having your center. I mean, we talk about it as well as having, having margin, having, having enough, space to like oh you know because you're in you're in relationship so there's going to be patterns that that we kind of cycle on and the the goal is to oh they're not okay i've still got enough like space here to like recognize that this isn't like i don't have to take this on and i can be here Right. Rather than going into the cycle. And that's, that's that piece of that's, that's the thing that, you know, you're learning in terms of. And that's why we prioritize being resourced. Yeah. That's why like our foundation, like getting fed, like making sure that we like have time together, like making sure um, that things are handled in a way where we're, we are well resourced because not only are we holding each other, I mean, I'm holding like 700 people plus like the, 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 uh, the outskirts of that. Right. Which is like the public field. And so it's like, how, how can I possibly show up to my marriage or to my work if I'm not resourced and, and for me to be resourced, he needs to be resourced too. Right. So it's not just like me focusing on myself. It's like, we're constantly making sure we, that both of us have what we need right, on a base level for our nervous systems to function properly. And it's, it's the like, 
you know, waking up having not slept, it's like, okay, let me be aware that, you know, there, there's, there's less here, right. Or, or waking up and having, or, or, you know, some emotional reaction from another day and like recognizing, oh, I've got some residual here and I feel crunchy or crusty. It's like recognizing and owning where we're at so that you can, you can navigate the day and and communicating that to right, one exactly. another. So like, so I, I will, right. So I'll be like, I'm super agitated today. Like, and that's how I'll say it, which yeah. is just like heads up. Yeah. I'm really agitated. Yeah. Yeah. And sleep is a big one too, for me, like even just like one night of not so great sleep will just like throw my whole day off. So, so like, and that's the, th- like, what advice do you have for, for parents who might be just like frazzled and like not sleeping well and all of that stuff at the beginning stages? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's that hard. Is, that is your reality. And one of the things that I will say to men is like, um, it is not your wife's job to do it alone. Yeah. I'm going to say that like, you know, Kellen is like super dad and husband from this perspective and like really a model because, you know, I had a lot of trouble breastfeeding in the beginning. He was up with me at every feed. I don't know a lot of men who get up with their wives at every feed, but like do it, get up with her at every feed. There was a period of time where like around a year and I hadn't slept in a year and um, I needed to start weaning her from night and I actually went and slept in another bed and he slept with her because I needed to sleep. Like I was just at that point where I was like, I need to sleep. And he was like, I got her. Right. I don't know a lot of men that do this kind of stuff for their women, but it's like, I see women doing all of this stuff. And I'm, my first question is always like, where is your husband? Where is your man? Where is their father? Because it is, it is not a solo job to parent children. Right. And I really hate to see women run ragged. Yeah. I mean, run, run ragged. I mean, we, real ragged, right? We have very similar stories with, with the nursing and the night. Like I got chills when I heard you say that he was up with you every uh, time. Every night. Bed, because I mean, that was like absolutely like crushed me. Like at a, I was just like, didn't sleep for a year. I was so thrown. He And then you were alone in it. Yes, I was alone in it. Uh, but, you know, then again, I maybe should have asked for more help. And there was a, my part in it, too, where I could have asked for more support. But that's the typical thing is like he my ex-husband was, you know, he went right back to work three weeks in and just he was like, well, I have to sleep at night. So I can't. Well, that, so, so so that is, you know, like, look, I mean, if he if, yeah. if he had to go to work. So Kellen didn't have to go to work. Right. So like, and, uh, and I, I do have to say, like, yeah, that that's that is a piece that we had planned in and a benefit that I had was that I, I didn't, I, I wasn't the sole provider for the relationship and that kind of thing. And so there is like a, a reality that I can't speak to in terms of that, but I knew as dad, like our, our priority is our child and is, yeah. is, is making sure that our, our relationship well, but, but is supporting I w- this and fi- but men who go to work are also doing it to support their child. So like, I don't want to, I don't, That's I definitely don't want to shame saying. that kind of like provision. Right. Like, Absolutely. but it's complicated. And I, and I think that, um, but, but recognizing how hard it is and trying to be as much as present as possible and recognizing that like, just like, Oh, I need, I need to sleep. Yeah, we all need to sleep. The the thing that 
everyone says is it's going to be a hard time and you're not going to get enough sleep. No matter how many times I heard that was never ready for how little sleep there, there really was available. Yeah. And, and there were, there were ways where, um, you know, look, I also see there, there is a, a cultural thing too. And I, I have said this many times is that like the real feminism, okay. Is not when women are equal to men. It's when the feminine is equally valued to the masculine. So meaning when rearing a child and like childbirth is equally valuable to like making a billion dollars and we respect it in the same way, then we'll have real equality. We're not talking about equality of who's got what genitals and what can you do in the world? What can you do in the world? But like the nature of the being. And so like men still think that going to work is more important than what their wife is doing at home. And that whole orientation is just absolutely setting women up for failure. And, and, and I'll say this, women, if you marry a man like that and you have a child with a man like that, that's on you. Yeah. You, you know, like I would never be with a man who didn't esteem the feminine. Right. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, if you choose to have a child with a man who doesn't give a shit about you and thinks that you should be home and keep the kitchen clean and, you know, make sure his dinner is on the table and, you know, he's entitled to all of that, like, well, that's what you're going to get. 100%. You chose it. You chose totally him. Agree. You chose totally to have agree. a baby with him. I, ha- I don't have a lot of sympathy for it. Yeah. I I think it's the difference between recognizing each other's roles and the integration of all of that versus the like, I've got my role, you've got your role, like, oh, you you can't handle that. What right? there's that separation. And it's Yeah, we're a team. Yeah. I love that so much. So we're getting close to the end and oh my gosh, I could talk to both of you forever. Thank you again so much for coming on. I think I want to just kind of close out by having you share any last words for the couples or even singles listening on what is your like biggest key or biggest, um, yeah, what helped you the most when it comes to love, sex and relationships and making things work? I'll, I'll tell you mine and I'll tell you the thing that I, I think is the most important thing that I would want anyone to know is it's not about your partner. You do the work for you. Like I've had people come and be like, oh my God, I really want your, my husband to do your men's program. And I'm, I'm like, really? Cause you're not in my women's program. Mm. Like, let's talk after you do the work in my women's program. And then, you know, he can do the men's program for himself, but like wanting your partner, thinking it's your partner that needs to do the work is the biggest mistake that I see people make. Mm. It's caught in a trap. Um, (laughs) but really, and, and, and I see this because it's like this constant, like, Oh my God, if he could only be like this, Oh my God, if he could do this, Oh my God, Oh my God, he does this, 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 and this. And I'm like, well, I could tell you some things about what you do right now, if you're interested, but you know, and, and so really what I see is there's, um, especially for women, there's a huge lack of maturity, right? The whole collective feminine psyche is like maybe 14 years old. Yeah. And when, when you start to grow up as a woman, right. And really like heal your wounds and things like that and take personal responsibility 
and own your desire and be responsible for your body and your sexuality and all this, a lot of these problems just go away. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just like, it's just like, these aren't problems anymore when you grow up. And so that I think is what I say to women. And for men, um, it's get the fuck out of your head. Like start to be able to actually feel mm. right. I feel your emotions, feel your body, feel her body, like, and, and, and move away from this point of extraction, right. That, 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 that constant consumption extraction of needing to fill this fucking hole. Yeah. hundred uh, <laughs> percent. You said some of mine, but um, I, yeah, I'd say there's something I've been thinking on that I, I would, I would say to young men is as soon as you can get into a practice of um, consciousness and feeling whatever that Whatever, however that shows up for you, because there's a place where your ability to recognize your own stuff, as well as to feel into your partner or another human being is when you can actually start to work to have the things that aren't just automatic, that aren't just your automatic reactions and thinking that the world is, <laughs> you can never find the right person because it's always the same reaction over and over again, right? It's it's once you can start to actually see your part as as a separate thing, and you can say, "Oh, I'm I'm doing that again," or "I'm doing this thing." Where does that come from? Recognizing what's deeper, and then being able to feel and experience someone else through that like limbic limbic yeah. connection, right? So have a practice, right? I I got a lot from meditation through exercise and then through tantric stuff. So his dad gave him like a stack of tantra books <laughs> when he was young, which is oh, like, wow. what a gift, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. I was like, I okay, so what's going on with Kellen such that he's already at this, this level. Yeah. Now his dad. That's, that's incredible. I was just smiling a second ago because I mean, you're the way that you look at each other is like, it. it's just, it kind of like is stunning for me. So thank you. Um, so we'll kind of wrap up there. I, I mean, you both should are just so incredible. What are, do you have any current offerings with like helping people with relationships or are you teaming up together? So I think that, look, I don't, we don't really teach. So I do have something coming in the fall that is relationship centric. Okay. Um, it is a totally new offering and, um, I'm planning on that coming out like end of September. So people can kind of like stick around. Um, it is for all genders. And, um, but the way that I approach relationship work is solo. You work on yourself because when you work on yourself, you can show up to relationship honestly. And until you can do that, well, then really like what I see a lot of people doing and working on relationship is they're either compromising, which is like just a different word for, um, how, how am I okay with abandoning myself? Um, you know, trying to make this work or, or it's like, um, really an exercise of manipulation and control. So, uh, you know, the way to get started with us is, um, we have foundational programs. My women's program is devotion. And, uh, the men's program is called holder. And, you know, so we don't, we don't work with couples together. We work with them 
separately. Mm-hmm. Right. And then occasionally like we'll come in and be like, we'll, 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 we'll dial in with, you know, a couple that's in both of our programs. And we don't do that. Like we just do that because we do that. It's not like a program or hiring us to be a couples coach. We're just, sometimes we're like, that needs tuning up. Let's get on the phone with them. Right. <laughs> you know? And so it's, it's the, the way to work with us on relationship is to, to come in and do the practices that, that lead you to living in a centered kind of sovereignty that makes you a good partner. And you can look at the people around me and the relationships that they've, you know, like the, the, the women who've gone through like my big programs, like you can see some of them and their marriages and their partnerships, the ones who are, are in partnership um, are absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know Perry's work, it's just incredibly impactful, powerful. I really just, I think when I first found you over a year ago, I just, as many people do binged your videos and it was yeah. like, I don't like already changing like energetically over the, uh, the course of a day, but yeah, devotion is beautiful. Well, the um, app too. I mean, the, the, app. the app store, like it's, it's Perry chase app. And, um, I mean, you, you're in there, right? Like, and, yeah. and, it, and it's, um, it's simple. It's like $11 a month. It's a great place to just get started. I have like a free course on sovereignty in there. Like there's tons and tons of free videos and writings and, there's a lot in there. There's a lot like, yes, no, shoot, you're very prolific. And so we'll put all the links in the show notes and oh my gosh, I'm so excited for anyone who doesn't know both of you to connect with you for those that do to go deeper with your work. Um, you're both just, yeah, stunningly beautiful. I loved meeting with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It was really, really like very sweet to have us on and it was beautiful talking to you. Thanks for hosting such a gorgeous conversation and holding the space for all this uh, good stuff to come out. Thank you so much. Okay. So we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.